That was fantastic. I travel a great deal, and, uh, and I really want you to hear what I'm going to say. There are several kinds of music that's sung on stages with God's people. Most music that is sung today is man-centered. Lord, help me. Lord, bless me. And it's not worship, it's prayer. Do you understand? When I'm talking to him about me or about you, it's called prayer. But everywhere I go, I, I call it Christocentric, Christ the center worship. And I got to experience that today. And it's so funny when I'm in a church where the worship is not directed here, but the song is directed there. It is so easy for people to enter in. But even the very best songs that are centered here, God come and I look around and there's one person like this and everybody else is half asleep in the group, no matter how talented the band is. Keep going, gang. Keep going. And I want to tell you, thank you, Grace Fellowship, because every time you give into the offerings, the different ways you have to give, a portion of that money goes to the organization my wife and I lead. We work in 24 nations. We travel 120 plus days a year. The last 18 months have been so interesting. And what's amazing is it's been the greatest year in the history of our ministry. Normally, we train about 800 to 1,000 leaders a year, uh, help plant 30 to 50 churches a year. I really believe beginning in 2022, we will have exponential explosion. We expect by 2025, we'll be training 10,000 a year because at PI, we're, we're calling the COVID crazy the greatest gift God's ever given us except Jesus himself. And I think many of you will look back at this crazy, chaotic pause on normal Three years from now, you're going to look back and say, thank you. Wow, I never knew it could be this way. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to share a bit of a parable. Uh, my Aunt Carolyn told me, make sure you don't preach long. Uh, so I'm setting my timer. My wife Callie says, Randy, you're decent, but you're not that good. Set a timer and cut it off. Uh, I've heard all your sermons 63 times. I have new ones, and she says, I don't want to hear those. They sound just like the old ones. You just kind of yell and coach me to love Jesus more and believe more. And I really have one sermon. This is it. There is a father who has a son who he made a king. And this son is a king over all in the heavens, and he came to earth, and he wants to be king over all here. It is the thread of truth from Genesis 1-1 through Revelation when it closes, amen. It is the single idea in the Bible. I summarize the entire Bible in that statement. And if this is a real kingdom, it has certain aspects to it. Every kingdom has similarities, but then there's differences. Every kingdom begins with a king. And it begins not with citizens, but with subjects. A citizen means I get to vote. 
A subject means my will is surrendered to the kings. The problem is most of us who are Christians in America think the kingdom is a democracy. It's not. It's a kingdom. And every kingdom has laws that reflect the nature of the king and the nature of life as he sees it to be lived in his kingdom. Some of the laws in the kingdom of God is let everything be governed by love. But perhaps the first law Jesus gave us, you see it all through the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, you hear it in John. He would come to a person and they would say, Jesus, son of David, would you? And he would respond with, let it be done to you according to your faith. He says that over and over. In fact, it is, to my knowledge, the second most repeated statement of Jesus in the Gospels. He is establishing a way life operates between heaven and earth, between you and God. Let it be done according to your faith. So if, it's very simple, it's like this. If I can, out of this thing, believe it's possible but if I don't believe or if I don't realize if my eyes are closed it's as if that doesn't exist at all father I ask you as I share these thoughts this morning I literally see from heaven it's as if the Holy Spirit is taking the paddles and he's yelling at the angels clear Boom! Jolt our heart to believe again. It's time to believe again. In Jesus' name, amen. Over and over, I find that this magical ingredient, and I use the word magical because when you hear the word magic, you have the sense that something that is invisible comes with power to influence the visible. Isn't that what you... This magical ingredient that Jesus laid down as a law of living in this world he called the kingdom of God. Let it be done according to your faith. My heart often is stale. It gets cold. It's like my faith is like that box of 1973 Kraft macaroni and cheese. It really does has a shelf life. It's expired. But it's a little bit more like the milk in my refrigerator that has a date on it. Don't drink after. And the date's really close to when the milk was produced. You see, our faith has a shelf life. It gets stale. It gets obsolete. What does it mean? It means it sours just a little. It loses its ability to do what it was given by the Father into our hearts to do. I find that over and over inside of me. When disappointment comes, that magical response of the heart to the unseen world called faith in me, disappointment, it's like it's water poured on a fire. Discouragement. And then the COVID, this last 18 months... Uh, uh, of the pandemic, it's almost like a fog has descended over hearts and minds 
For it's so much more effort to believe like I did several years ago. Does this make sense to you? I think we're all the same. And what we find is that our heart no longer has this great expectation of heaven to do something out of the ordinary. We have just accepted the ordinary as the ordinary. It was never meant to be. His ordinary and my ordinary are not the same. It's like there's no more bold reaching of our hearts and minds believing God to do something beyond the... It's like that supernatural touch of grace upon us. You see, this thing called the kingdom, I don't know much about it. This is what I know. I know it's real. I know it's here. Not just there. I know it's relational. I know it's mission-centered. And it is incredibly supernatural. We were designed not just to be mere men and women. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. You know what that means? It literally means a new species of being that has never existed in the universe before. But when our faith runs low, and that gauge on the human heart of faith, and we see it on the red line, there's no more power for this to reach out there. Let's go to a little funny parable. Jesus in Luke 18 tells a great story about a little widow woman. And here's how it begins. 18 verse 1. And he told them a parable for the purpose of this. It is the only parable of the 42 where at the beginning the writer tells us exactly Jesus' goal in the parable. Isn't that amazing? He's telling us from the beginning the moral of the story. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always pray and not lose heart. And it's this story of this widow. She's been wronged or she has this need. She goes to this judge and he calls him the unrighteous judge. He's just a mean old codger. Help me, I need you to do this for me. The law says. And it says he doesn't fear God. He doesn't care about anybody on earth but himself. On Monday, she knocks on the courthouse door. I need you to do this. He says, go home, old woman. Monday afternoon, she knocks on the door. Hey, go home. She comes day and night, day and night. And then he says, This woman is driving me nuts. She's going to wear me out. So that she doesn't kill me with her continual coming. I'm going to give her what she wants. But even though I don't care about God and I don't care about her. Then Jesus says this. Listen to the words of the unrighteous judge. How much more your father. And then the last phrase of the story. Verse 8 he says. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith 
on the earth. The thing Jesus trembled at is that there would be a people going through the motions, living through the power of their own strength, controlled by the ordinary of their world without faith. Praying prayers with no faith. You see, most of our prayers are prayers of hope. Hope isn't faith. They're connected, but they're not the same thing. He's not just talking about a a certain kind of faith in the story. He's talking about a faith that sees an object it's after, somehow believes it's possible. And I love the phrase, lest she wear me out with her continual coming. And he says, will not your father who is good. I got an audience back here. Will not your father who is good. I don't know if she's going to sneak up on me or what. I think if I get melodramatic, she might start on the piano. I'm just not sure. Listen to what he says. How much more will your father, who's good, give justice speedily to those who cry out day and night? But will I find faith? This kind of faith that sees something, it's bold, it's tenacious, it's relentless, it's like, it's like a bulldog on a bone. It's like a pit bull on its enemy. Well, I find that kind of faith as the days go on and we get toward the last days. You see, faith is a bridge between the worlds. You see, there's two worlds. Remember the, first, the prayer Jesus taught us to pray? Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen to the next phrase. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Listen. On earth as it is in heaven. That word heaven doesn't mean a place beyond Pluto where God has this cool castle and it literally means the unseen realm of God's spirit which is just on the other side of our awareness. Heaven is filling this room. Angels are in this place. All of the riches of glory are filling this place. And faith is that gift given to the human heart which is able to pull back that unseen veil and step into the world of our Father, which is not there, it is here, and access the treasure there, lay hold of it and bring it back here. That's what faith does. That's the kind of faith he's speaking about. The unseen realm where Jesus is Lord over all. The greatest thing, Tim, we need to behold is this. The Son of God, seated beside the Father, ruling over all. It literally says, every name that is named in this age and the age to come already bows. Cancer bows before Jesus Christ. The problem is we haven't seen it. The problem is it's, it's on that side and it's not on this side. Depression bows. 
Fighting with one another bows. Loving one another is the atmosphere there. Even when we don't always agree. Uh, All the sins that we struggle with. There's absolute victory. Did you know you can live tomorrow and not sin once? Gosh. If we only believe. Because we've been given the nature of the Son of God. He didn't walk through life going, I won't sin, I won't sin, I won't sin. I might make it. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we, and yet never said yes. It was this joyful. In that realm, there is unlimited possibilities. Just on the other side, there are resources that are boundless and have no end. On the other side, I'm not talking about beyond Pluto. I'm talking about in the room. Because we think of heaven as this distant planet in another part of the universe. You don't understand. The heavens are here. But here's the problem. If the Son of Man was to come today, what do you find faith in the room? What do you find faith in me and you? That magical bridge that extends from the human heart through the human mind just beyond that veil and goes, oh my gosh, this could be mine. This could be ours, Grace Fellowship. You would accomplish this in this city and region through us? He's looking for outrageous faith. In fact, he called that, that realm just beyond the veil, he called it the kingdom. The place of the king, which is the total answer to man and his broken world's total need. The answer to America problems will not be found in the next election. I believe we should vote for godly people. The answer is, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith operating on the earth? Because that's when that prayer, your kingdom come. What are you doing? You are opening a breach between the worlds, inviting that world to invade this world, to make this world look like that world. Then people love each other. Then marriages and families make it right. Then businesses operate without greed on the principles of ethics and generosity and goodness. Then education. Do you understand? It flows out of the people of God all the way into the world. I love this verse. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says next. Who has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing In the heavenly realm in Christ. If you are in Christ, it's like you've got a bank account and it is loaded. And the pin code is J-E-S-U-S. But the access point is not an ATM, it's faith. It says every spiritual blessing... Why, is it, why does it say spiritual blessing? Does that not mean jobs and, and healing for our bodies and, and provision for our families and, and grace over a home where moms and dads are crazy about each other till death does you part? 
No, it's called spiritual blessings because they're on the other side in the spiritual world. He's waiting for men and women who have this kind of faith that can step apart and take the spiritual blessing and make it a real living blessing, an everyday life blessing in this world. In this room, I live in Lubbock. I'll use Lubbock. In Lubbock, there are 58 local television stations. How in the heck can you get that much programming in one little city? And there's over 400 radio stations and internet signals. They fill my house. But I can live in my house as if none of it is real. But through this, I can access the unseen signals in my house. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can turn on my television and access 58 channels. Do you realize there are 58 television programs filling my room at all times? But I can live as if it's not there. This room is full of the treasures of heaven. Every, I just turned it off silence and people are calling me. Stop in Jesus' name. (laughs) When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Will he find the bridge in men and women, boys and girls' hearts that really believe he's good? That he's available, that he's accessible, that he's the richest being in the history of the universe. And they get their eyes fixed. And what are these blessings? The blessings are described in this book. We call them promises. Promises are specific descriptions of specific things already that God has said yes to for your life. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, As many promises as our Father has ever made, they are all, already, yes, in Jesus Christ. And through Him, you can say amen. You know what the word amen means? It means let it be done according to what you've been said in my life. It's faith. It doesn't mean, for us what amen means, Amen means, see you later. It's not what it means. It literally means, what you've promised, I will have. It is the expression of the human heart with that miraculous heavenly ingredient called believing. You see, in the faith family of words in the Scripture, there are actually many words which describe the operation of this faith. The first is believe. And I'm going to tell you, church, it is time to believe again. The Lord has been yelling at me. He's really nice, but sometimes, does he ever yell at you? He has been yelling at me about my sin. You know what my sin has been? This is what he's been saying. You are not making demands on heaven. Not the kind of demand like I'm the boss. It's like when I turn on the water faucet, I am making a demand on a supply that I cannot see. And I'm believing through the turning, I'm demanding the water to come out. Do you understand? the difference? You are not making great demands on heaven. You're making pitiful demands on heaven. I'm rich. I'm rich. 
You know what the word believe means? It's a verb. It means to aggressively reach into the other world and lay hold of that which is there. It doesn't mean, of, uh, it doesn't mean this. Oh, yeah, I believe. It is an aggressive verb. Reaching across the veil. But then there's a second word called trust. It's a verb. It is in the most passive tense a Hebrew or Greek word can be in. This is what it literally means. This is an action, but it's not an aggressive action. Trust means to take your weight off and put it on another. This kind of faith Jesus wants. He wants this bold, aggressive believing again. Coupled with deep and absolute trust. You see, bold faith will not last unless it rests on the foundation of deep and absolute trust. Because when you get the very opposite of what you're believing for, If I don't have this, my father is good and I don't understand and I don't know why it's turning out different, then I won't believe again the next time. But when I have this deep-rooted trust in Abba, even when the opposite happens, there's something that can come out of here that says, I will believe. Years ago, Callie, we were still, it was right toward our last year of pastoring in Abilene. I'll trip over this. Hey, do, how many of you guys were here last night? How many times did I almost trip over the mic stand? Corey tried to rescue me. Finally, I, I said, I better move this or we're going to have the greatest laugh at a little leadership meeting. We ever Callie said, don't try to be funny or not. And uh, Look, I made you laugh. I, I'm amazing. Last year we were in Abilene, we had been in a four-year drought. We had traced it back to two high, high-level Tibetan witches had come to our city at the bidding of the mayor to do a cultural exchange process. They cursed the waters of our city. We found out later they do this all over the world. It's, it's a ritual they do. They call in 613 uh, Buddhist demons, Tibetan Buddhist demons, to curse the, the, the water source of your city. We had a drought start two months after they left that lasted four years. There was no scientific proof. There's no scientific reason. They just saw this system come, and it wouldn't leave. We traced it back, and uh, we did 40 days of uh, fasting as different pastors and churches. In the midst of about halfway into the fasting, Callie saw this house, the house on Cedar Crest. It was double the cost of the house we lived in, and I had no money. She said, the Lord's telling us to buy that house. I said, no, he's not. That's your flesh. Your flesh is saying, it's a cool 1935 three-story house. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. She found out that the house was the place where the city of Abilene was founded by two other witches. Our city was founded in witchcraft. The first two churches were Baptist and Methodist church. They shared one building, and one of the pastors, the first two churches, shot the other one over disagreement. That was how our city started. 
She said, Randy, if we own the place the darkness began, we have the power to change the course of the city forever. Now, Alan, walk into the bank and tell a banker that. That's what I told him. He gave me the loan to buy the house. I didn't even put it. Six weeks later, we had Eileen Vincent in. We did all these crazy prayer and prophetic actions. It was Sunday night. We went to the place where they had cursed the waters. Remember when Elisha took salt and poured it into the cursed waters? That was the last thing we did at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. And I can remember Eileen saying, the waters of this city are now healed. 6 p.m. news on Monday. Breaking news, the weatherman. We have no way to explain it. Last night at 9 o'clock, the high-pressure drought system that has, has set over our city for four years, it began to disappear off of our radar. And on Tuesday, it rained. Now listen, no, don't clap. I haven't had that kind of faith in five or six years, Rick. I've just been believing God to bless my family and our ministry. And the Lord said, don't you want to be a man that changes cities and nations? See, he's not looking for great people. They're all ordinary people. He's looking for faith. It's the kind of faith, the, the old Jews have a word for this faith. It's called chutzpah. Oh my gosh, I got three minutes and I'm at my conclusion. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Aunt Carolyn. Stay with me. It's called chutzpah. And they termed it after Jacob when he was wrestling with the angel. You know, remember the story? And it says, the angel of the Lord. It doesn't say an angel. It's the, the text of Scripture. Anytime it says the angel of the Lord, it is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. He is wrestling with the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. They wrestle through the whole night. And Jesus is getting tired in the story. And he says, let me go. And he pulls his hip socket out. The hip in the Bible is considered the source of man's own human strength. Here is a man who has wrestled with God and he will never live from his own strength again. He is entering the strength of heaven. And listen to what Jacob says. He's exhausted. He's in pain. He's out of his own resources. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. What was he talking about? 21 years ago, at a place called Bethel, he had an encounter with God. And God gave him promises. And only half of them had come true. And Jesus lets him go and says, no longer will you be called Jacob the cheater. You are Israel. The prince of heaven is what it means. Because you have wrestled with God and with man and you have won. Everything I promised you 21 years ago. Boom! Here it is. And when he limps into Egypt to see his boy that he thought he had lost named Jacob, Pharaoh comes out who is, believes he's God on earth. That's what, when he sees this man, Jacob, Israel, he kneels before Israel. 
and said, I've never seen anything like you. Would you bless me? I will not let you go till you bless me. Listen, gang, it's time to believe again. It's time to go to our hearts. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing the very words of Christ. That word there means hearing his voice directly, not just reading the Bible. The greatest need of the church is to hear the voice of the Son of God. And when that comes, it's the miracle called faith. It's time to believe again. Just told me to stop. Some of you have given up. Some of you are going through the motions. It's time to believe again. It's time to resurrect the old dreams. It's time to get out of the closet and blow the dust off those great prayers you used to make. It's time to believe. 2022, through my life and our ministry, we're going to see national revivals break out. We're going to see disciple-making movements planted. We're going to see more money come to us that I have no idea how we're going to use it all. I'm going to write eight books in the next year. You say, how? I say, I don't know. I've already got them jotted out. It's in me. It just needs to come out. What about you? What about your family? What about your business? Your kids? Close with a story. When Napoleon was trying to take over the world, there was this one little strategic island out in the Adriatic Sea. His scout said, it'll take us three weeks. Six months later, they're still fighting. Napoleon himself goes to lead the army. The emperor is on the shore. They fight for months later. Finally, they conquer the last of the indigenous people there. And they're in this beautiful house. Napoleon is surrounded by his generals. Probably the wine and the cheese is flowing and the baguettes, as the French can do. And there's a knock on the door. true story. There's a knock on the door. And a young 23-year-old lieutenant walks in he says my emperor may I make one small request of you yes son you fought so well you and your 12 men he said I'd like you to bequeath this island to me and my family forever I want the island the general sucked all the air out of them (laughs) Napoleon looks at one of his generals and says give me a pen, and a piece of paper. I, Napoleon, the emperor of the world, he thought a lot of himself. Bequeath the island of, to what's your name again, son? Hand me my stamp. Go in peace, son. When the boy walked out, the room was silent for about four or five minutes, and one of the generals said, why did you do that? 
He said, the boy honored my greatness by the size of his request. Are you honoring the greatness of the Son of God? Who is the emperor of the universes? By the size of your request. Stephen, I'm going to. He's worthy. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I think he will in Cabot. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. to resurrect the power of our human hearts to believe. In Jesus' name, I wash away disappointments. Disappointments, you have no more power to control our hearts and our thinking. Renew our minds according to your abilities and your generosity and your resources and no longer toward our resources and our possibilities. I speak into every man and woman in this room. And I command your heart to live again. I command your hearts and your minds to dream again. And I declare that this people and this house will honor the Son of God, by the size of their request, both in our individual lives and in our families. Yes, Lord, there's some of you who the answers to your prayers were delayed so long, you accepted that it wasn't the will of God. I resurrect those delayed prayers in Jesus' name. Here's the secret. If God doesn't answer immediately, He will always answer eventually. He has His reasons and His purposes. He's God. This thing is a mystery. But I speak into the deepest part of our spirits. Faith. And we will be a people that bridge the world's. And carry heaven's goods into this one. And make this one look like that one. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for this gift, Randy. I've always wanted one of these things and I appreciate it. And a marked up Bible. Oh, it's not worth much, is it? Um, a few years ago, Randy taught us something we've held on to here at Grace for a long time. Uh, it's very, very powerful. He said, you know, um, there's three ways to respond. Some people are called to go and do. He's talking about missions, you know. That, and he's, but I think it applies to life. Some of us really are. You're, you're called to do and to go, and that's one of the ways you respond. 
some of us are called to become prayer warriors, so faith people, you know, and you're, and you're called to pray. And then some of us are called to give, and it all works together to advance God's kingdom. And uh, this morning, we, ha- we don't do this very often, but uh, we're going to take up an offering for Randy and his family and uh, what he stands for here in, in this nation and in 20-plus other nations around the world. So uh, this morning, I'm going to ask the Lord to show you how, how he wants to use you to encounter heaven this morning, you know. And uh, we're going to have ministry teams up here that want to pray with you. That we have Harvey has teams prepared that want to pray for you physically. If there are issues, if there's uh, emotionally, if there's battles in your life, then you'd like somebody to join with you. I believe it's a day when we can stretch out in faith, you know. So let's just pray. I just want you to encounter Jesus right now. And uh, ask the Lord how he wants you to respond to Randy's word this morning and his challenge that he's brought to us here. So, Lord, we just uh, pause right now, God, and I just ask that you would uh, just come and encounter each one of us here in this room, watching online, listening on the podcast, God. God, would you just come and encounter each of us and reveal to us how you want us to respond So we'll give you a chance. The ushers are going to pass the uh, baskets. And uh, we also always, you can give online at gfcabot.com through SecureGive. You can put an offering in the box in the back. We have three or four different ways you can give. But I believe the Lord wants us to respond in a lot of different ways this morning. If God poked your heart and you need to become a person of greater faith, this would be a good day to make that decision, right? Uh, Maybe God's put it in your heart that today will be a day when He wants to touch you, touch your body, touch your mind, set you free from depression, anxiety, set your body free from the stuff that just keeps bringing you down, you know? So, uh, Harvey, would you have your team come up? Let's all stand up. And uh, they're still passing the box. So I just want to encourage you. And uh, Lisa actually was the stalker that was behind the wall Randy kept talking to. She sits back there and makes faces at me all the time when I'm preaching. But I usually don't acknowledge her, Randy. I'm used to it. And uh, she was the culprit, right? So these guys want to pray with you. And uh, elders, and uh, they'll help you today, okay? So I just want to uh, bless you. So Jesus, we just thank you. I just thank you. And I speak blessings and life over every person who's turned their faces towards you this morning here at Grace and all over this town. Father, just around the world. And God, we just release life into people today. Amen. God bless you guys. And uh, these guys are up here to pray for you. Uh, Thank you for being here and supporting Randy and preparing a national.